Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Tell me the story of Jesus. Today we will hear that story from Luke's gospel. I'm reading from chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done, Come on one of those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage? On the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things he had done. Amen. Some of you might remember that a couple of years back I had the privilege of traveling to the Holy Land. It was a sponsored trip by a peace group that sponsored 10 pastors and 10 rabbis from 10 U.S. cities to go together, uh, and I think for 10 days, uh, to Jerusalem. And I was so excited, I was so eager to just pack everything in, every sound, every taste, every sight. I wanted to miss nothing, and I was not disappointed. We did. We got up early. We went late. We stayed on the move. We went from bus to holy site to quick lunch to bus to late night exhaustion. It was packed. But on Friday evening, everything came to a screeching halt. We gathered reverently in a small room in our hotel, set with wine and challah bread, all the elements and symbols of the Shabbat dinner, And time, all of a sudden, started to move in slow clicks. And the rabbis in the room were first looking at their cell phone, which I thought was funny. Uh, There's an app for that, in case you're wondering. Counting down to the official beginning of Shabbat. And a few seconds before that countdown complete, they all turned off their cell phones, not to be reawakened again for an entire day. And then the celebration began. 
There were chants and songs and washings and prayers and full, unabashed delight. There, there was a fullness in the room that is hard for me to capture in words. It was, it was kind of a combination of relief, like finally, finally Sabbath has gotten here. It, it was like relief and elation. They were, they were on the brink of giddy. They're chanting the words that's just opened up this sacred day. I was in the middle of something magical. And I was jealous. Because Sabbath in my southern Protestant youth uh, just meant we couldn't go to the mall or the movies and old people took naps. I mean, I felt kind of ripped off by this whole thing. Worse yet, sometimes we would pile in the car for a Sunday afternoon drive. What was that about? I mean, first of all, how is that not work? And how is being stuck in the back seat of a Ford LTD with two younger annoying sisters nourishing my soul? There was nothing about that that felt like Sabbath. I felt like I got ripped off. But my new friends in this hotel meeting room were inheritors of this long, sacred Jewish tradition. They had stopped the week's toil to worship, to remember that God is the God of deliverance, You know that Sabbath keeping in that tradition involves remembering the Exodus story, God's deliverance. Because in Egyptian captivity, there was no break from the labor. Pharaoh demanded that brick making continue and continue and continue. There was no provision for Sabbath keeping. But now, as a celebration of their independence and their deliverance, they celebrate the Holy Shabbat the Sabbath. From Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, rest, worship, nourishment, relationship, a break from the regular rhythms to be reminded that we are a people in the midst of God's story. And in my childhood, Sabbath sounded like a restrictive list of shouldn't and couldn't, But for the ancient Jewish laborer, the one who toiled all week in agriculture or brick making or fishing, it was a day of welcome delight. And that night I felt that delight around the table. But then inevitably the questions start coming about what you could do or couldn't do during the Sabbath. I mean, mean, what really constitutes work? Well, let me assure you that the ancient interpretations were really rigid. Sabbath keeping was serious business. The Mishnah, which was written about 200 A.D., had several rulings on this kind of thing, what you could do, couldn't do on the Sabbath. For instance, if you broke a bone on the Sabbath, it'll wait. Yeah, you have it set tomorrow. You're not going to die. We'll put it back tomorrow. No sense in doing that on the Sabbath. No kidding. A broken bone could wait. You will be glad to know there is a provision in the Mishnah for childbirth. That's good. I'm quoting now. They may deliver a woman on the Sabbath and summon a midwife for her from anywhere. And they may profane the Sabbath for the mother's sake. And tie up the navel string. So that's good. 
I mean, we, we got that covered. Anyway, the point is, this Sabbath keeping is serious business. Not to be tinkered with. Strict rules. You start setting broken bones on the Sabbath. Next thing you know, it's youth soccer and lake parties and all that. So in ancient Judaism and in many pockets of the Jewish practice today, the world stops. And the faithful reunite with who they are within the story of God. And most of us could use more Sabbath. But that's a sermon for another day. In Luke's Gospel... Jesus had been teaching up a storm from chapter 12, verse 1, until here in 13, verse 9. Jesus is teaching and teaching and teaching. Parable of the rich fool. Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's teaching all along. But during this time, the rest of the culture is at work. They're mending and trading and fishing and cooking and harvesting until, today, until the story for today, because this story happens on Sabbath. Jesus is still teaching, but he's teaching now in the synagogue, and nobody else is working at all. All activity has stopped. And the men sit on one side, and the women sit on another side. There are rules, remember. And up walks a woman who's been crippled, bent over, For 18 years. She doesn't ask for a healing. Nobody appeals on her behalf for a healing. She's stooped over. She's been staring at rocks and sandals for the last 18 years. There's nothing different about today. But Jesus calls her over. Touches her and says, woman, you are set free. He's done it now. I mean, he's touched a woman, first of all, not not family, not wife or daughter. He touched a woman, presumably he doesn't even know. And on the Sabbath, he's done work, he's done a healing on the Sabbath. I mean, if you can't set a broken bone until tomorrow, how in the world can he justify healing a woman who didn't even ask for healing on the Sabbath? She's been bent over for 18 years. She could have waited till sundown, don't you think? Why not just say to the woman, I have the power to heal. Tonight when the sun goes down, why don't you come back, meet me here. We'll have a healing. But he calls her over. She comes to Jesus. He touches her and tells her she's set free. And she stood up straight as a soldier and started praising God. Now the leader of the synagogue is hot. Understandable. This is blatant. There's no emergency. There's no crisis. This Jesus is just being intentionally defiant of the sacred Sabbath. And you can see the veins in his neck when he starts to shake in his voice. When he says to the crowd, he doesn't say this to Jesus directly. He says to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on one of those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. Only there's no indication she came to be healed. She didn't say a word. 
there's something else peculiar about this healing. This story that's found only in Luke's gospel. What's peculiar is that Jesus doesn't use the language of healing. Instead, Jesus says, you are set free. And there may be no better descriptor for the life and purpose of Jesus Christ than to declare that he is the one who sets people free. The woman who was bent over was set free of her orthopedic disability. But Jesus sets people free from whatever bondage is keeping them from independence, strength, freedom. You've seen it. You have experienced it. Most of you who are here today are here as a celebration of the fact that Jesus Christ has delivered you from some bondage you were once in. Do you remember helping you get in touch with your baptism again? Do you remember the first time you were aware that by the love of God in Christ you had been set free? Lonely people set free from isolation by the companionship of Christ. Addicted people set free from bondage by the power of Jesus living in them. Selfish and guilty people set free of their sin and their shame by the touch and the words of Jesus. It is a central theme of the gospel that Jesus delivers. It is a central part of the life and ministry of Jesus to deliver. And no rules can trump his purpose. The Sabbath is good and holy. Jesus honors the Sabbath. Jesus is in the synagogue on this day. He's there giving honor to the story of Exodus giving honor to the laws on this holy day, but one law stands taller than all other laws. Love. When there's an opportunity to love in a way that delivers somebody from bondage, all other laws must take a back seat. I had a high school basketball coach who used to say, if you don't end every game with at least one offensive foul, you, are, you didn't play hard enough. Jesus was able to take an offensive foul on this one. Doing the most loving thing trumps all other values. It doesn't diminish or invalidate the Sabbath in any way. Jesus honors the Sabbath, keeps it holy, but there is nothing more holy then by the power of God, somebody being set free. By the way, if you're interested in participating in God's holy enterprise, seeing people get set free yourself, if you'll come see me after, I can help find you a place to plug in. This church is involved in this Jesus enterprise of setting people free at every turn. We're going to be recruiting Sunday school teachers soon. You want to watch people get set free, tell them these stories Sunday after Sunday. I know. I don't know enough Bible. There are other people more qualified. You need an offensive foul somewhere. Or throw your creativity 
your energy into the all-together service, helping get that launched and watch people get set free in a new expression of our ministry in this city. Wouldn't that be great fun? Or, or you could, soon we're going to be recruiting folks to help tutor at Garden Hills Elementary. Or next summer we're going to be sending a group to, uh, to Miami again to help the neediest children in that city tell them the stories of Jesus and watch them get set free. We'll be collecting supplies for Buckhead Christian Ministry again. My point is, there is all kinds of occasions for you to get an offensive foul. Go hard, make a mistake. Be a part of what God is doing in the world to set people free. If you're coming to church week after week, and it's not inspiring you to be the most aggressively loving version of yourself, then you're missing something important. There's a wordplay and a nuance I want to make sure we get in this story. It it makes it even more fun for me. Remember that at the heart of the Sabbath observance is the celebration of Exodus, God's deliverance of God's people from Egyptian bondage. When the Israelites were set free, right? The celebration that God sets people free from bondage is exactly what Sabbath is all about. Liberation is at the center of God's love project. So Jesus says to the synagogue officials who's so hot, Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? I mean, donkeys get set free on the Sabbath. Shouldn't this woman, for crying out loud? And what makes the story even more scandalous is there's no indication that this woman deserves it. Aren't we glad? You know, other stories that say your faith has made you well or something like that, those are regular, but not here. There's no indication that her faith or the faith of others has led to this. No indication that she has recognized or confessed Jesus as Lord. Nothing. She is a child of God made in the image of God and that is enough for Jesus to see the compassion and set her free. It is the nature of Jesus to loose your bonds whether you deserve it or not. Thanks be to God for that. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.